merciful Father. You're a good Father. You're a compassionate Father. Thank you because it's such an awesome privilege to be in your family. Thank you for the opportunity to be a joint fellowshipper with you. To be joint fellowshippers with you as a body in carrying out your will for the redemption of the human race. Thank you most of all for the great plan of redemption which you planned and sent your son, the Lord Jesus, to consummate. Thank you for your word that brings us a revelation of that plan. Thank you for the great and mighty one, the Holy Spirit, whom you sent to be our teacher and to be our guide. Thank you because he has free course in this meeting this evening. And we give all praise for everything that we wrought in our midst to that worthy and majestic name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Praise the Lord. Please be seated. Amen. Glory, glory, glory. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Just like we've heard, this is a Holy Ghost meeting. And um, what's the purpose of this meeting? Why are we doing these meetings? Well, um, this is Rema Bible Training Center. And we train people. We have hundreds of class hours of teaching uh, where people get instructed in God's word. Now, we know that Rema was founded on two principles. First, the integrity of the word of God, the infallibility of the scriptures. And then secondly, on the move of the spirit the power of god flowing with the holy ghost amen well in our class teachings we have hours and hours of class time where our students get exposed to the word of god but you see we're putting these meetings together so as to emphasize the holy ghost part now there are some things that uh, are taught but there are some things that have to be caught and there's such a thing as being in an atmosphere where the Spirit of God is moving to witness some things firsthand and to learn some things and to see them in demonstration. So these meetings are actually for our students. They are part of the training as well as they are for our alumni. A time when alumni come back home, a time of homecoming, when we get refreshed, refilled, refueled, and refired. Praise God in the Holy Ghost. So those meetings, these meetings are for our students, they're for our alumni, they're for our partners, as well as our friends. And we are opening them up also to the general public. Praise God. And um, anything goes. Amen. Nothing caught and dried. Praise God. Who's going to take tomorrow morning session? Who's going to take tomorrow's evening session? Well, just wait. Maybe it might be you, praise God. Amen. What I mean is we just endeavor to flow with the Holy Ghost. Now, of course, there's a place of planning. But, you know, there are different types of meetings. In a teaching meeting, things are line upon line, precept upon precept. In a prayer meeting, we pray. In a worship service, we come together to worship the Lord. You know, in a camp meeting, kind of meeting, we put all of it together. Uh, believers meeting, believers are gathered together, and we defy one another. And all these kinds of meetings are different and they serve different purposes. But you see, a Holy Ghost meeting is a different kind of flow. A different kind of flow. And I remember in um, 1990, 1990 uh, the Thursday before Easter of 1990, that must have been April the 12th of 1990, I can tell you exactly where I was. It was one afternoon. I was... Actually, I've been seeking the Lord about something. And then um, 
Well, hope I won't hurt the camera coming down that way. I was uh, seeking the Lord about something and just praying. You know, Lord, what will you have me do about this? What, what, what direction are you leading? And then I heard this voice, a still small voice inside me. And the voice said to me, I want you to go teach my word. So the Lord spoke to me about teaching. Well, later that year and the next year, well, the Lord began to lay on my heart about teaching concerning the things of the Spirit of God. And um, honestly, I tell you, it's not something I wanted to do. But you see, we must obey God. We just must flow with him and follow him and do whatever he will have us do. Praise God. Amen. It doesn't cost to serve God. It pays off. It will cost you to disobey God. It could cost you your life. It could cost you dollars and cents, naira and cobble, dollars, uh, pounds and sterling. It could cost you a whole lot. Amen. But you see, when we follow him and do what he tells us to do, it works. So um, uh, there's that stirring, you know, that I have about teaching along these lines. And um, that's what we are endeavoring to do, teach about the person of the Holy Ghost, the work of the Holy Ghost. And you know, there are some things that have to be uh, demonstrated. Paul said something in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. In talking to the Corinthian church, he said that he was with them in fear and weakness and much trembling. In verse 4, he said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Said, but was in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith shall not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. Praise God. <laughs> Spending time to wait, to wait before the Lord. Spending time to wait, to wait in His presence. Spending time to seek His face <laughs> and, and to heed His leading. Spending time, times of refreshing come from his presence and so as a believer learn to take the time out to wait before me said the lord learn to take the time out put in some extra time to pray in the spirit and then you'll see that your spiritual sensitivity will be sharpened and then you'll see that you'll know more clearly on the inside the things that the lord will have you do and then you'll not have to guess is this the direction to go and then you'll not have to wonder is this the way the lord is leading but you will know you will know it will be clear to be distinct as you learn to wait in my presence said the lord the guidance the light the illumination and the revelation you need will most certainly come amen and you know that's what the meeting like this is also about we're waiting before him as a corporate body glory to god glory to god you know what's gonna happen well i don't know <laughs> whatever the holy ghost leads amen we may come and just from the beginning to the meeting just run and shout and jump and dance and laugh we may come and pray we may just preach we may teach whatever direction is leading nothing cut and dried praise god we're just endeavoring to flow with the holy ghost now you folks you've heard hours and hours of class teaching you know if you want to know whether we can teach the bible in rhema come to class you know this is not a teaching meeting so we might not be teaching per se and we just might just depending on how the holy ghost leads praise god amen amen thank you lord glory to god glory to god glory to god Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. He is a good God. He is a good God. He is a good God. 
I prepare for meetings like this a lot differently. A lot differently. Uh, I don't prepare a message per se. I don't. I prepare my spirit. And I just spend time to pray in the spirit and to meditate in the word of God. Not preparing a sermon, you know, but just endeavoring to be sensitive to whatever the Lord will want to do. Turn with me in your Bibles to Acts of the Apostles chapter 2. Acts of the Apostles chapter 2. And I read from verse 1 through to 4. Now you might have been in Port Accord. Port Accord was wild. Kaduna was something else. It was just phenomenal. You know? You say, I watch those ones. Well, that doesn't mean you know what happened here. Amen. If you can predict it, well, I don't think it's the Holy Ghost then. You see, the Bible says the wind blew at where it listeth. You hear the sound thereof. You can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going to. The Bible says so is everyone that's born of the Spirit. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, what we think it should be. Amen. Provided it lines up with the Word. Because, you see, we're regulated by the Word. But we're motivated by the Holy Ghost. You see, like dancing, rejoicing, joy in the Holy Ghost. You know, we also don't get to the place where those things become a rot. Where those things become a soulish addiction. Amen. If the Holy Ghost wants to move that way, we are okay with it. If he wants to move in quietness, we are okay with it. Amen. Just endeavoring to follow the Holy Ghost. Acts 2 from verse 1 through to 4. It says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And they appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. <laughs> you see, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost was poured out. He was poured out on the church. Now, was that when the church began? That was not when the church began. The church began in John 20, 22. When the Bible says Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. That's when the church started. Now, we know that nobody could have been born again before Jesus was raised from the dead. Because that's how you're saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with them out, the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So all they had in the old covenant was a promissory note in their life, a post-dated check. That's why the Old Testament saints couldn't go to heaven. They had to wait in Abraham's bosom because Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. But you see, in that John 20, 22, that was after Jesus had been raised from the dead. Well, earlier on that same day, you know, Mary Magdalene came by the graveside. And um, Jesus spoke and then she recognized him that it was, Mary recognized that it was the Lord. She was going to touch him. And then Jesus said to her, she, he said, touch me not. I'm not yet ascended to my God and your God, my father and your father. He said, go and tell uh, my disciples and Peter, you know, to meet me in Galilee, just like I said. And then later the same day, he now appears to his disciples and he now tells them, handle me. For his spirit has not flesh and bone as you see me have. Now, why was it that at one time Mary couldn't touch him, but at the other time the disciples could touch him? Well, we know exactly why. He told us why. He said he was going to go to the Father. And he did. What did he go to do? 
uh, uh, in heaven. He went with his blood, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Praise God. And so because he had done that, the new birth was now available. Yes, we know later he went and he sat down, but that had not yet happened. However, he had obtained redemption. Redemption was available. And then he breathed on them. Remember what happened to Adam in the beginning when God molded his body and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And then he became a speaking spirit or a, a, a living soul. In the same way, Jesus breathed on them and told them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. And then in the next verse, he told them, whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. Whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. So obviously, what happened there had something to do with the remission of their sins. Amen. Now, these were the same bunch who were mystified, who were confused, who were troubled. All of a sudden, after this experience, the Bible talks about them being full of joy, praising God. Amen. So, the life of God was imparted into them, and the church started. Now, we know this, that there is a twofold working of the Spirit of God in the life of the believer. First, at the new birth. And then, second, at the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Both are works of the Spirit of God. Amen. The Holy Ghost is involved in the new birth. He's also involved in the baptism in the Holy Ghost. You know, sometimes uh, for Pentecostal people, they tell denominational folks that they don't have the Holy Ghost. Now, that's not true. That's not true. And sometimes denominational folks tell Pentecostal folks that they've got all the Holy Ghost that there is. And that's not true either. There are two separate experiences. The first is the new birth. Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, the Bible says that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. So for that sinner to come to that place that he makes a decision for Jesus, it took the work of the Holy Ghost. Remember what Jesus said in John 16, from verse 7 to 13, where the Bible says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. If I go not away, the comforter will not come. Amen. You know, but after I've departed, I'll send him unto you. And when he's come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. The Bible says of sin because they believe not on me. Amen. Of righteousness because I go to my father. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. So you see, there's a work of the Holy Ghost that convicts the sinner of his sins. Now you hear Christians say this sometimes, that they did something wrong and then the Holy Ghost convicted them. Now that's not true. The Holy Ghost does not convict you if you do wrong as a Christian. Something convicts you. Amen. And that's your conscience. Amen. What does the Holy Spirit do if you do wrong as a Christian? He comforts you. Yes, he'll tell you what you did was wrong. And then he will encourage you to get back in fellowship with God and sort it out. He will never condemn you. Amen. You see, because God the Father won't condemn you. Jesus won't condemn you. And the Bible says the Holy Ghost, he won't speak of himself. Whatever he hears the Father say or Jesus say, that's what he'll say. So it's there to help you get back in line. But now, he convicts the sinner of the sin of not accepting Jesus. And then that sinner receives Jesus into his heart and he gets saved. We read in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, where Jesus said, I'll pray the Father and he'll give to you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you shall be in you now that's the new birth 
when did John 14, 16, and 17 come to pass? It came to pass in John 20, 22. That's when the Holy Ghost came within them. That's when they got saved. But now there's a different experience. We read of it in Luke 24, 49, where Jesus said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. He said, But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem, until ye be endued with power from on high. And then we also read in Acts 1, 8, where the Bible says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. In one place he said, he will be in you. In another place he said, he will come upon you. Amen. You see, the Holy Spirit within, that happens at the new birth. And that's what causes us to bear fruit. The Holy Spirit upon that happens at the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Amen. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And what's the purpose of that? It's an endowment with power. Now, the Holy Spirit within is what produces what we call the fruit of the Spirit. Now, it's not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not bear fruit. It's the fruit of the born-again human spirit. Remember, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. So we are the fruit-bearing part of the vine. We are the ones that bear fruit. Now, does the Holy Spirit have something to do with it? Absolutely. Amen. The reason we can bear fruit is because we have the life of Christ in us. It's because we have the Holy Spirit within us. Amen. But you see, there's also another list of nine. What we call manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And the essence of that is for power. For service. Are you listening? You know somebody can be living a holy life and be a powerless Christian. Very easy. We see a lot of that. And you know somebody also can be walking in the power of God and he's not living such a consecrated life. You know, you don't have to look around. Just go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You know, in chapter 1, Paul talked about the Corinthian church that they came behind in no gift. All the nine manifestations of the Holy Ghost were in oppression in their midst. Yet he said to them, he said, you are yet carnal. But whereas there's among you envy and strife and divisions, said, are ye not carnal and walk as mere men? So, somebody can have one or the other. But the truth is this. If I had to choose one between both, I'll choose holiness. Amen. But you know the good news? We don't have to choose one. We can have both. We can have both. Amen. We can have both. So, the work of the Holy Spirit within... Amen. That's what helps us to bear fruit. And you see, we need to realize this. That the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a thing. Now, we're word people and we put the word of God first. But listen to me. We need to be Holy Ghost people as well. Amen. I like the way somebody put it. The person said, just the word and you just might dry up. Just the spirit and you could blow up. But with the word and the spirit... You get to grow up. Are you listening to me? Yes, we're word people. We put the word first. The word of God is going to change people's lives. But let me tell you something. It takes the Holy Ghost to open up the word to us. It takes the Holy Ghost to lead us in line with God's plans and purposes for our lives. It takes the Holy Ghost to anoint us to minister, to preach that word, to teach that word. And not only should we contend for the word and be people of the word, we need to also contend for the move of the spirit. We need to also contend for the things of the spirit. Are you listening to me? We need to get to know him. 
Amen. And give him right of way. Give him his place. His rightful place in our lives. His rightful place in our assemblies. His rightful place in the body of Christ as a whole. And let him move as he so desires. Are you listening to me? Amen. So, like I said, a twofold work of the Spirit of God in the life of the believer. First, at the new birth. At the new birth, we're born of the Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit within us. And Jesus said something in John, 4, John chapter 4, verse 14. He said, if any man drink of this water, he'll thirst. But if any man drink of the water, I'll give him, he'll never thirst. Said, for the water will be in him, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So in one place, it talks about a well of water. Then if we read in John chapter 7, from 37 to 39, the Bible says, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. He didn't say river. He said rivers of living water. And the Bible says, but this spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Now water is a tap of the Holy Ghost. We see a well of living water in one place. We see rivers of living water in another place. Now what's the purpose of the well? The purpose of the water in the well is for my own benefit. I draw out from that water. I appropriate the presence of the Holy Spirit. His indwelling presence. He helps me in my life as a Christian. But now, what about the rivers? The rivers of living water, they flow out of me so that I can be a blessing to other people. Amen. That's the baptism in the Holy Ghost. It's an endowment with power. An endowment with power. Now, if we're going to take full advantage of the Holy Spirit within us as a result of the new birth, there are three things we need to know. Three things we need to do. First, we need to have daily renewals of the Spirit. Daily renewals of the Spirit. Amen. If we're going to take full advantage of the Holy Spirit's presence within us. Now, remember what Jesus said in John 14, 16 and 17. He said, I'll pray the Father. He'll give to you another comforter. Amen. He was a comforter. But he said another. Halos paracletus. Another of the same kind but different. Amen. Amen. A comforter. And the word paraclete has a sevenfold meaning. The Amplified Bible brings it out. A comforter. Counselor. Helper. Intercessor. Advocate. Strengthener. And a standby. So the Holy Spirit is all of that within us. Amen. He's one who's called alongside to help us. He's our advocate. He, has, he understands protocol. Amen. Understands it pretty good. He understands heaven's protocol. Amen. And he has exceptional speaking ability. He knows how to get the job done. He knows what gets the job done. Praise God. Amen. Now, what does he do within us? In John 14, 26... Jesus said he will teach us all things and bring all things to our remembrance whatsoever he has said unto us. So the Holy Spirit is a teacher and he will also remind us of things. Remember 1 John 2.20. The Bible says, but ye have an unction from the Holy One and ye know all things. Ye know all things. Verse 27 says, of 1 John chapter 2, says, but the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you 
And ye need not that any man shall teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, even as his truth and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. So you see, he's a teacher. Now, does that mean we don't need teachers in the church? Now, why will God tell us we don't need the Holy Ghost to teach us? Uh, we don't need people to teach us because we have the Holy Ghost. And then that same God at the same time will give gifts to men. And one of the gifts he will give will be the office of the teacher. Now, God is not confused. Now, when a teacher is teaching under the anointing, that's the Holy Ghost teaching us. And then I've, I've been in places, I've heard things, and my head said, wow, rev. And on the inside of me, my heart said, no, it's nonsense. It's not correct. It's error. What was happening? The teacher was teaching me. And I've been in places, I've listened to stuff, and my head said, that can't be true. And on the inside of me, the Holy Ghost said, you better shut up. I've been trying to get that across to you all along. See, what's going on? He's teaching us. He's our teacher. Amen. And we have him. We have him. You see, it's sad that as Christians, we haven't been taught to listen on the inside. We haven't been taught to pay attention to the guide who is on the inside of us. Let me tell you something. For the last about 2,000 years, they didn't have so much of the written word available large scale for the greatest part of the last 2000 years so these guys had to depend a lot on the holy ghost are you listening they had to depend on him and believe me we need to depend on him also yes we have the written word and we put that first but you know the holy ghost will translate your theology into reality i you can get to a place where it's all head knowledge but the Bible says it's the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh, it's, the flesh profits nothing. Jesus said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now what led Jesus to saying that? He said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. And then they were thinking, is this man saying we should go get uh, machetes and cut him off and start to drink his blood and turn us into cannibals? So he was saying, look, it's the spirit and life of what I'm saying. Amen. I'm not necessarily... Uh, literally saying you ought to cut me up in pieces now sometimes god says some things in his word and it's literal but you see we've got to learn to rightly divide the word of truth we've got to learn to interpret scripture with scripture amen and we have the holy ghost to help us and then we also know this the bible lets us know that the letter killeth amen is the spirit that gives life so it takes the holy ghost to open it up to us, to teach it to us, to get us to understand the import of the scriptures. And thank God we are not without help. We're not without help. Now the problem that happens is that sometimes some folks try to follow the Holy Ghost and they leave the written word of God alone. Now if you do that, you're going to wind up in the spiritual junk heap. You're going to get in trouble. Amen. The spirit of God inspired the Bible. He won't tell you stuff that's against the Bible. I heard one guy. He told me what the Holy Ghost was purported to have told him. I said, listen, I said, it's not the Holy Ghost. You know, somebody said, ah, if I were you, I'll be, I'll be careful to say something is not God. Do you know, were you there? When God spoke to him, my friend, God did not speak to him. If God spoke to him, it won't go against scripture. Are you listening? We must never magnify a man, an experience, a vision, whatever, above what is written. And we must put the written word of God first. We must put the written word of God first. You see, the written word is given to unveil the living word to us. 
Amen. You don't know God any more than you know his word. You don't love God any more than you love his word. The word must come first place. If it's of the spirit of God, it'll line up with the word of God. Amen. And thank God, the Holy Ghost will lead us into the Bible. He will lead us into the things of God. He will teach us. What else will he do? In John 15, 26, Jesus said the Holy Ghost will testify of him. He will make the things of God real to us. He will make the things of Jesus real to us. Amen. He will point attention to Jesus. He won't point attention to a ministry. He won't point attention to a minister. See, sometimes people can tell whether when it's the Spirit of God, whether it's the Spirit of God or it's not. I'll give you an instance. There was this fellow, a purported prophet, who said, listen guys, I'm a prophet of God. Some of you don't believe it, right? And then he just pointed at somebody in the crowd. And he said, the fellow has a pack of cigarettes in his pocket, bullseye. He said, what brand of cigarette it was, bullseye. He said, how many sticks were left in it? And it wasn't an arrangey thing. It was supernatural. I know some folks, once they see anything supernatural, I mean, they, 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 they're like young mockingbirds. When they are born, their mouths are open, their eyes are shut. Poke anything down my mouth. Poke anything down my mouth. It might have been supernatural. But the guy was trying to point attention to himself. You see, we are going to see the return of the ministry of the prophet in its full orb, in its full glory in the body of Christ. In this nation especially, we will see. But you see, we shouldn't, because there's a false, doesn't mean we should run away from the real deal. You've never seen a fake three naira note. You never have. I, I can guarantee you that. And you never will. At least, I don't see you seeing one any time in the near future. You know why? Because there's no real three naira note. Hey man, if there can be a counterfeit, it's because there's an original. Praise God. And I'm not going to let the counterfeit scare me. Hey man, well, those guys may have thrown down their rods. They may have turned into snakes also. But some people left that place that day without rods. Because one snake swallowed up some other snakes. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. God can do anything the devil is doing and he will top it. So he manifests himself. He manifests himself as he wills in line with the word. The Holy Ghost makes the things of God real to us. He testifies of Jesus. Testifies of him. Then in John 16, 7 to 13, Jesus talked about how the Holy Ghost, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. Amen. You see, it takes the Holy Ghost for the sinner to come to a decision. And then also, he will guide us into all truth. He will. Romans 8, 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So the Spirit of God will guide us. He will lead us. The Bible says he will. So we can expect him to do it. Notice it doesn't say for as many as are led by prophets. Or as many as are led by other people telling them what to do. It says as many as are led by the Spirit of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. So he will guide us. He will lead us. We can expect him to do that. Because God's word says he will do just that. Are you listening to me? Hongo, bago, bigo, vigo, lito, sika, aga, bango, vuro, diga, stenga, peva, lusto, kleta, vrato, stoma. Some have stayed doing nothing. Just doing nothing. Doing nothing for God. Doing nothing. Because they were waiting. 
waiting for some big opportunity to show up, waiting for some big opening to come. But listen, said the Lord, stay busy where you are. And as much as you find opportunity, do good to all men, especially those of the household of faith. Yes, the time will come that I will now give you specific direction. The time will come that I'll now tell you specifically what to do and what not to do. But in those early stages, just get busy. And as you stay busy indeed, you will see that more light will come, more clarity will come, and then you'll have cause to rejoice, and you'll have much cause to be glad. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I was talking to you. Amen. Praise God. He's in us. He's in us. He's in us. He's our guide. He will make the things of God real to us. He'll make the Bible real to us. He'll make Jesus real to us. He will lead us in line with God's word. Amen. He will lead us in line with God's word. The Bible says he will. And he's inside every believer. Now, like I said, to take advantage of the Holy Ghost within, in its fullness, first there needs to be daily renewals of the Spirit. Daily renewals of the Spirit. Second Corinthians 4, 16 says, For which cause we think not, but though our outward man perisheth, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. See, it's God's plan that our spirits get renewed in the Holy Ghost on a daily basis. Ephesians 3.16, it says that ye might be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. You see, our inner man needs strength. It needs might. And we draw might from the Holy Ghost. Amen. We draw might from the Holy Ghost. Isaiah 40.28, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. You see, sometimes I meet folks, us word people, you know, we're speaking God's word, and we ought to, and that comes first, concerning our health, and that's great. But let me tell you something. There is a quickening that comes from the Holy Ghost that you can't get any other way. There is a renewal of the Spirit that we receive as we wait on the Lord, as we feed on his word, as we spend time in prayer, in fellowship with him. Now, we know that prayer is not necessarily always, oh God, my name is Jimmy, I'll take everything you'll give me. Prayer is not just gimme, 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 gimme. It's not a gimme, gimme, gimmick. No, it's not. Prayer is fellowship with our Father. Amen. We ought to have times where we just wait on Him. Where we just wait on Him. Amen. Where we just wait on Him. We just spend time in His presence. Spend time in His presence. And we need to do that on a daily basis. Feeding on the word. Praying in the spirit. Amen. That's how we get renewed in our spirits. You see, 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. There's an edification that we need by ourselves. Amen. A renewal in the spirit on a constant basis. Second thing is this. We need to walk in the spirit. If you're going to take full advantage of the Holy Spirit within as a result of the new birth, first, we need daily renewals of the Spirit. Second, we need to walk in the Spirit. We need to walk in the Spirit. What do I mean by that? First Timothy chapter 5, uh, chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Paul said to Timothy, he said, But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profited little. 
But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Amen. Yes, thank God for the sweet by and by. But you see, there's a life that now is. And godliness is profitable in the sweet by and by as well as in the now, here and now. Are you listening to me? Now, sometimes we get so heavenly minded we are no earthly good. Yes. And sometimes some folks are on the flip side. They get so earthly minded they are no heavenly good. Yes. Thank God for heaven. It's a glorious hope that every believer must keep in front of him. But you see, God also wants us to have some heaven on earth to go to heaven with. And he wants us to bring many people with us, amen, to heaven, to go with, to heaven. So there's a profiting in the life to come and in the life that now is. Now, how are we going to take advantage of that profiting? Psalm 103 from verse 1. The Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who healeth all thy diseases? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles? Listen to me. God redeems our life from destruction. How does he do it? Yes, we believe his word. But listen, you see, we walk in the spirit so that we can be fully informed by the Holy Ghost of the manner in which God will have us to live. Part of the way we enjoy the exemption from hurt, amen, for our physical bodies and things that will destroy our peace is through the Holy Ghost within us. If we will learn to listen to him, if we will just learn to listen to him, if we'll just learn to listen to him. You know, sometimes you hear folks say, well, whatever he doeth shall prosper. And that's true that God said he will bless the works of our hands. But I'll also tell you something. We have the Holy Ghost in us. He knows some works that shouldn't be works of our hands. He will guide us as to what to invest in and what not to invest in. Part of how we enjoy our redemption from destruction is by the Holy Ghost within us. By us learning to walk in the Spirit. Are you listening to me? Yes, I'm a faith man. I learned something about protection, about traveling. And I'm grateful to God I learned those things pretty early. But I tell you, no matter where I'm going, no matter when I'm traveling, I listen on the inside. If I have a check, don't go. I won't go. You won't, you won't see me going. I won't go. But somebody says, but doesn't God say he will uh, bless our going out and our coming in? Yes, he will. Part of how he does is by telling me when not to go. You see, faith will not work when you are in disobedience. If the Holy Ghost tells you, wait, don't go. And say, I believe God. You are not believing God. You are in disobedience. Are you listening to me? So you see, we have the Holy Ghost to help us. And he will lead us in line with God's word. He will lead us in line with God's word. The reason many times... We don't enjoy that exemption like we should. It's because we don't pay attention to him. I won't forget. <laughs> this was many years back. Sometimes in 92. I was meant to travel. I went to visit a friend in the lorry. So, um, uh, I, I was to go back. You know? Actually, it was in 91. I was to go back. Afternoon. Sunday afternoon. And um, I got to the car park to take a vehicle. There was one station wagon that was about filling up. 
On the inside of me, I had a check. Don't enter that vehicle. I said, but Lord, I have a meeting for 6 o'clock in Ibadan. If I don't enter it, which one should I wait for? There's none in sight. That's the one that's just about ready. You see, I was trying to explain that witness away. I wasn't walking in the spirit. I wasn't paying attention to the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. See, when the Bible says in Galatians 5.16, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh. Don't let the word lost trip you. Yes, there are lost desires, wrongful desires of the flesh. But sometimes the flesh is not just those things alone. Flesh also could mean senses. Sarks, that's a Greek word. You see, we can calculate, add, multiply, divide. You see, you take four, you multiply it by seven, you get 28. Then you multiply that by two, you get 56. Then you divide that by this and then you get this. You know, we can, we can do those things. Let me tell you something. When it comes to the things that are supernatural, there will always be an element of mystery to them. The Holy Ghost is not necessarily always logical. Are you listening to me? It's not senses. Senses. Don't, don't let's get used to living by our senses. Don't let's get used to living by our minds. There's a problem now in Christendom. I know we need to renew our minds. That's true. I know the word of God has a lot to say about the mind. That's true. But let me tell you something. Don't be led by your mind. You're going to mess yourself up big time. Be led by your spirit. Now, of course, don't wake up in the morning and say you're trying to check in your spirit whether you should brush your teeth. You're too. Don't wake up in the morning and say you're praying whether you should have your bath. Now, you're getting spooky. Are you listening to me? But what I'm saying is this. Many times we get on that gear of just using our minds until we stop being spirit-led in major decisions of life. And then if we don't watch it, we will miss God. We'll miss God. So I reasoned it away. I said, I'll enter. I have to be there. You know, that meeting is important. I gave my word. I must be there. It's 6 o'clock. It's already about 2.30. We need to start going now. I got inside the vehicle. As soon as I got in, on the inside of me, I knew I'd miss God. I knew I was in disobedience. I just lost my peace. So I just began to say, oh God, just have mercy on me. Oh God, just have mercy on me. Just have mercy on me. I know I'm in disobedience. I knew. He said, how did you know? Just an inward witness, a knowing on the inside. Well, about 25 minutes into the journey, that car broke down. I didn't get to that Ibadan until like 9 o'clock. The meeting I was rushing for actually had been cancelled. See, the Spirit of God knew that. So I was going to kill myself over stupidity. And then somebody would say, and that man was a man of faith. Yes, faith in God's word works. But you see, we have the Holy Ghost to guide us. Don't just be a word man. Be a word man first. But also be a Holy Ghost man. Listen on the inside. Are you listening to me? I was one time. I was in battle. Uh, it was a Saturday. I was to preach in Lagos the next day. Sunday morning. I was an undergraduate. So I parked. Ready to go. And then I opened the door. Was get, approaching the gate. I just had a check. Wait. Wow. I waited. 10 minutes, he didn't leave. 20 minutes, he didn't leave. 30 minutes, I didn't have a go ahead yet. One hour. After about one and a half hours, I had a release to go. I went. You know what I found out? I found out that armed robbers raided on that road just <laughs> a while before I got there. Now, could God have protected me through it? Yes, he could. But you see, his way of wanting to protect me was to tell me, don't go. 
So you see, we need to learn to walk in the spirit. We need to pay attention to him. Brother Higgins talked about one time. He said he was in the, in the late 40s, last church he pastored. He said there was one investment. You know, he put a few hundreds of dollars into it. He said all along he had a check on the inside of him. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. He didn't pay attention. He put the money in. And you know what happened? He lost all the money. You know? A few hundreds of dollars then is like tens of thousands of dollars now. Amen. <laughs> he talked about another time. He said the Lord spoke to him. You know, as he was waking up, May of 1956, the Lord said to him, there's coming a, a recession, not a depression. I want you to get ready for it. Well, he didn't pay attention. He didn't get ready. He didn't do what the Lord told him to do. One day he was in his travel trailer and then an angel came. The Lord sent an angel to go warn him again and remind him. He didn't listen. He didn't open up himself. So the angel didn't bring the message. Well, he got into financial trouble. Serious financial trouble. All of 1958, he was in a mess. He said he applied all the principles. In 1950, the Lord taught him about finances. The Lord taught him how to release his faith. The Lord taught him, you know, the earth is the Lord's fullness there of the world and they that dwell therein. You know, the Lord taught him, Claim what you need in the name of Jesus. Tell the devil to take his hands off of it. Tell the ministering spirits to go, cause the money to come. He knew that. He had proven that. That had worked for him. He said about 1958, actually from late 57, he said he did all of that the best he knew to do it. No way. He was in a hole. A hole. A big time hole. He said he had to borrow money from his insurance. He had life insurance. So why did he have life insurance? Not because he was expecting to die young, but that was the only way he could save money. So <laughs> he had meager income, so he did life insurance to save. Just uh, an endowment that once he reaches a certain age, he would get all his money back. And he knew he wasn't dying young anyway. So he said, because he had that life insurance, that was what he used as a collateral to borrow money from the bank. He said every month he borrowed $100. That went on for about 14 months. <laughs> and you know the thing about it is this. You know, we can grieve the spirit of God. He had grieved him. You know, God was blessing him. He'll preach. Things will happen. Gifts of the spirit will be in operation. You know, he was walking in health. Great things were happening. But concerning his finances, things were a mess. Things were a big mess. He said eventually, end of 58, he was uh, with some believers. There was a meeting. was in a meeting. And then he sat down, began to minister to the Lord, when all of a sudden Jesus appeared to him. And then he told him, he said, three things, the Lord, uh, I've come to talk to you about. Last of them was about his finances. Then the Lord told him, he said, yes, I spoke to you by my spirit, you didn't listen. I sent the angel, you wouldn't listen. So, well, since you didn't listen, I just <laughs> let you stew in your own hide. You know, he said, but listen to me, that situation is going to change right now. <laughs> Yeah, he said he was never so glad to get out of that. Are you listening? Now, was he walking in faith all that while? He was. Was he confessing the word? He was. Was he believing it with all his heart? He was. Was he giving and tithing and doing every principle from the word? He knew. He was. But what still happened? He was still in a mess. Are you listening to me? So the point is this. We need to learn to walk in the spirit. So that we can be fully informed of the manner in which God will have us live. He will guide us. He will lead us. 
in all the affairs of life, spiritual, material, marital, financial, he will guide us. He will guide us. The Bible said he will. Amen. Praise God. Galatians 5.16, the Bible says, This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It says, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. The Bible says, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you, as I told you in time past, told you before, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible now says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And it says, against such, there's no law. Now listen, there aren't nine fruits of the Spirit. There's only one fruit of the Spirit. But that one fruit of the Spirit has nine parts. So we could call it the ninefold fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Now, every believer has all those attributes inside his spirit. There's no use praying, God, give me patience. God, give me self-control. God, give me meekness. You're wasting your time. If God really needs to give you that, then what you really need is the new birth. If you're born again, you have all those things. Every one of us does. But this is what we're to do. If we would take the time to feed our spirit in the Word... And spend time praying and simply let our spirits dominate us will produce those attributes you see God wants consecrated vessels revival fire burns brighter through purer vessels are you listening is how we live important very important very important very important why because we can give glory to God with our conduct and we can bring dishonor to him. And God wants us to bring glory to him. And you see, the Holy Spirit is in us to help us. And the truth is this, we can. See, God's word says in Romans chapter 8, from verse 1, it says, There's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Verse 2 says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. Condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Says they that after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. They that after the spirit the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. It says, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him, verse 11, that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mother bodies by spirit that dwelleth in you. It says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It says, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. 
but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry Abba Father he says the spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God he says and if children then hears heirs of God joins heirs with Christ so we will suffer with him that we will also be glorified with him amen you see we have the Holy Ghost in us he's living in us and he's living in us to help us in our walk with God the truth is this on the basis of the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ on the basis of the finished work of redemption Jesus defeated sin Jesus defeated Satan Jesus brought the devil to naught a believer can live a victorious life how do we do that by faith in God's word and by the help of the Holy Ghost he's in us to help us he's in us to help us so first daily renewals of the spirit if you're going to take advantage of the holy spirit within you to its maximum daily renewals of the spirit second walk in the spirit let your spirit dominate you not your flesh and we can let our spirits dominate us we can if we re renew our minds our renewed minds residing with our recreated spirits and our recreated spirits through our renewed minds will dominate our bodies if we refuse to renew our minds our renewed minds residing with our regenerate flesh and our unregenerate flesh walking through our unrenewed mind we keep our spirit a captive and we won't be able to express the nature of God that's in us listen we can live right we have the Holy Ghost we can walk in the spirit we can take full advantage of his presence of his person we can live a holy life and the Holy Ghost is in us for that Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for this Holy Ghost meeting. Yes, we're going to jump. We're going to shout. Yes, we're going to be blessed. Amen. But you see, he also wants to affect us in our day-to-day -day living. Amen. Praise God. Well, what's the other thing? Number three, to take full advantage of the Holy Spirit within, we need to learn the way of the Spirit. Willing to learn the way of the Spirit. Amen. So that we can familiarize ourselves with God's pattern of dealing with us. You see, God will deal with different ones of us differently. Many times, see, one thing about God is this God is constant. You'll notice in your own life, His dealings with you. And sometimes you can form a pattern. And based on that pattern, you can make a very accurate prediction about certain things he will tell you, he will lead you in. Amen. There's something about learning the way that God's spirit deals with us as individuals. You know, God said his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, try his ways above our ways. Amen. And you know, it's funny, but the truth is this. Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered. Amen. God's way sometimes is the way of suffering. Are you hearing me? It's a way of suffering. Now, there are some things Jesus suffered as our substitute that we should never suffer. Spiritual death, sickness and disease, and poverty. He suffered them as our substitute, and we don't have to suffer them. But you see, there are some things Jesus suffered as our example. And the Bible says, those who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Do you know the Bible says the captain of our salvation, he learned obedience through the things he suffered. Hebrews 5.8, he suffered. Jesus, the Bible says he was led by the spirit into the wilderness 
to be tempted of the devil. Are you listening to me? Sometimes the Spirit of God will lead you into some hard places. Are you listening to me? Yeah. You say, I thought I was in a Holy Ghost meeting. That's what you're in. He will lead you into some hard places. Some difficult places. And then you just wonder, how did I get into this mess? And you know it's the Spirit of God. And He wants you to stay put there. Amen. You know, sometimes you think, if it's God, everything is going to be all rosy from beginning to end. Well, if that's true, Paul was never in the will of God. Because all his life as a Christian, he was from trouble to trouble. Amen. From the very moment he got saved, they started trying to kill him. They had to throw him over a basket, you know, uh, over the war uh, in Damascus. Aretas was going to kill him. They kept trying to kill him. There was trouble for him everywhere. Yet at the end of that man's life, he could say, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. So you see, you don't judge God's leading by the way things seem. That things seem right doesn't mean you're in the will of God. That things seem wrong doesn't mean you are not in the will of God. You know, sometimes people say result is the name of the game. Not necessarily. You see, God told Moses to speak to the rock. He struck it and struck it twice. Did he obey God? He didn't. Did he have results? Plenty. Water gushed out. Fed millions of people. He had a huge crowd. People were blessed. But was he God? He wasn't. You see, there are people here. You are following a plan of your own making for your life. I'm talking to our alumni. You see, many times we make our own plans and then we bring the plan to God. And we want him to rubber stamp it. Don't make a plan and bring it to him to approve it. It's your plan. It's not his own. And you see, success, avoid the trap. You know, success, success, this success thing. What is success? Success is the car you drive. Who said? Success is the part of town you live. Who said? Success is the size of a congregation. Who told you that? That's nonsense. Success is obeying God. If you are doing what God told you to do, you are a success. If you are being a blessing to people, you are a success. That's what success is. You see, there's a generation that is taking the things of God's spirit so lightly. Where we're getting ephemeral about the things that don't matter. And the things that really matter, we're not taking them as seriously as we should. Amen. It's about obeying God. Of course, if we get God's own plan, he's already blessed. It will work. It will prosper. Amen. Let's learn the way of the Spirit. Let's learn to follow Him. Let's learn to stay put where He wants us. Brother Hagin talked about the first church he pastored. He said it was a problem church. He said that church was trouble. Nobody would take it. Nobody would take it. He didn't know. After he left it, about 35 people wanted it. But nobody would take it initially. That church had never supported a pastor. Never. He didn't know. Thank God he didn't know. He said the church had problems, such problems that were astounding. There were people in that church who had been filled with the Holy Ghost 23 years. He was just 21 year old, years old. So people there had been born again and filled with the Holy Ghost longer than he had been on earth. He said there were times he felt so inadequate. Are you listening to me? But you see, it's about staying put where God told you. You know, sometimes... When, you know, you're pastoring a church, everything is going fine. You say, yes, God is, God is leading me. You know, 
The finances go down. The crowd goes down. And you say, well, God is not in it anymore. Who said? Who said? Stay with what God told you. Stay with what God told you. Just stay put there. Just stay put there. Learn the way of the Spirit. And sometimes His way is not our way. Never judge how God is leading you by your senses. Check on the inside. Check on the inside. Check on the inside. Oh, but so and so gave me a prophecy. So and so gave me a confirmation. Listen, Brother Higgins said from 1949 to 1962. That's how many years? 13 years. He said every week, at least one person, and sometimes three people, told him, Thus said the Lord, go and get a tent. Multiply it out. That's an average of two people. A year is 52 weeks. 13 years, you know, that's 13 times 52 times 2. That's, that's what number? That's hundreds of people. And all hundreds of them said the same thing and they were all wrong. Let me tell you something. Go by what God told you. Go by what you have in your own spirit. Remember in the Old Testament, there was that prophet. God told him to go and prophesy against that altar. He did. The king stretched his hand. The king's hand withered. And then he was leaving. The old prophet tricked him and said, God told him that he should come back. He said, but God told me I shouldn't. He said, God told me to tell you you should come back. The guy obeyed the old prophet. On obeying the old prophet, he ate in the old prophet's house. You know what's funny? When he finished eating, the old prophet, the spirit of God came on him. And he said, because you disobeyed God, you will die. The same person that got him to disobey God was the person who prophesied his death by the Spirit of God. And he was eaten by a lion. Well, he was killed by a lion. The lion refused to eat him. refused to eat the, 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 the ass too, the donkey. Now, that old prophet obviously liked him because he told his children, when I die, bury me be, beside him. But you see, go by what you have in your own spirit. Go by what you have in your own spirit. It's wise to listen to good counsel. In the model of counselors, there's safety. Are you listening? But in the model of counselors, there isn't direction. Where is direction? Is in your spirit. Is in your spirit. Are you listening to me? What do you have on the inside of you? I remember one time, I was going to make a decision, a major decision. Virtually, the people closest to me told me I was wrong. That no, I shouldn't go that route. But I knew. On the inside of me, I was convinced. That was what I was meant to do. Then I was spectacularly led also because God knew there was some rough sailing coming. Amen. I stayed put there and thank God I did. So go by what you have on the inside. Are you listening to me? Go by what you have on the inside. Go by what you have on the inside. Well, that's talking about the Holy Spirit within us. What about the Holy Spirit upon us? You see, he's an endowment with power. For what? For service. For service. For service. Listen, there is a spirit of ministry that we are gradually pushing away. Are you listening to me? Now, I believe in get all the natural knowledge you can get. I believe in get some leadership skills, get some business skills, get those things. But let me tell you something. It is still the anointing that destroys the yoke. It's not business acumen. Some of those things may have their place. But listen, the gospel is still the power of God unto salvation. 
Nothing can take the place of the supernatural. Nothing can take the place of the miraculous. You see, you can organize the Holy Ghost out of your church. You can organize the Holy Ghost out of your life. If we can always predict you, then something is missing. The Holy Ghost cannot be predicted 100% all the time. No. Yes, he will not do something contrary to God's word. But you see, we should be, have room for the Holy Ghost to move. There should be some suddenlies. Suddenly, just suddenly this happened. Suddenly that happened. There should be some suddenlies in our lives. Amen. You see, we must contend for the move of the Spirit. We must contend for the supernatural. We must go out and preach the gospel. God has ordained that through the foolishness of preaching, men may be saved. It's still the foolishness of preaching. Amen. It's still the gospel. It's still the supernatural. We need to put that in the front burner. We need to contend for the miraculous. We need to contend for the power of God. Someone says, what if we have wildfire? Let's have wildfire. We have enough wet blankets to put it out. What if you have some excess and fanaticism? It's okay. Praise God. I'll have a, I'd rather have some excess wildfire fanaticisms and the Holy Ghost moving. And have uh, uh, things go the order of a graveyard. Are you listening to me? The Holy Ghost is upon us. For what? To enable us to witness. So that we can serve. Now we do spiritual leadership. We have a spiritual leadership stream where we train people in the fivefold. We have a supportive leadership stream. Now we do a societal leadership stream. But our societal leadership stream, the essence of it is how can you be an effective minister of reconciliation? If it's all about how I can get money, how I can do a good business, how I can, you don't need God to do that. But listen, it's not about what I can get. It's about reaching. You see, there's a world that's dying. There are people going to hell by the day. It's about the harvest. It's about the work that needs to be done. Are you listening to me? And that's why we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We need the power of God. We need him working in our midst. Amen. You see, on the day of Pentecost, all they did wasn't that they spoke in tongues. I know. How do I know? Because... Others mocking said they were full of new wine. If the only thing they did was to speak in tongues, they wouldn't have said they were full of new wine. They would have said they were mad. 1 Corinthians 14, 23 says, if you all come together speaking in tongues, those who are unlearned, unbelievers, they will say you are mad. But they didn't say they were mad. They said they were drunk. What made them say they were drunk? They must have done some things drunk people do. Now, did Peter say they weren't drunk? Peter didn't say they weren't drunk. Peter just said, these are not drunk as you suppose. Amen. They were drunk. But they were not drunk as they supposed. You know, the Bible says, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The literal Greek says, be being filled with the Spirit. Be being filled with the Spirit. Amen. There's one initial infilling with the Holy Ghost. But it's the will of God that there be constant refillings in the Holy Ghost. And when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, there will be an overflowing. What will happen? You will speak. Let me tell you something about speaking in other tongues. If you want the Holy Ghost, the things of God to be real to you, spend a lot of time praying in other tongues. Spend a lot of time. If you want to develop your spiritual sensitivity, if you want to be keen in the spirit, pray in tongues plenty. 
Now I read where Paul said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. If Paul spoke in tongues more than the Corinthian church, he must have done an awful amount of talking in tongues. But he said, look guys, you're small boys. This thing, now me be your papa, now me bond you. You know, that was what Paul was telling them in essence. Amen. That's how to be susceptible to the things of God's spirit. To charge up our spirits. You see, as we do that, then it will become easier for us to get over into using tongues and interpretation in our private lives. Amen. Then it become easier for us to worship God in the spirit. Listen, the emphasis for worship in the New Testament is for us to be being filled with the spirit. You see, we are the circumcision that worship God in the spirit. We rejoice in Christ Jesus and we have no confidence in the flesh. See, the problem is this. We love flesh. We like skelewu. We like shakiti bobo. We like shoki. We like um, uh, one corner. We like, we like those things. You understand? And we like to mix brass with gold. We go to bring the brass of the world and bring it in for the real deal. It's not the real deal. Gold is gold. Brass is brass. Amen. You see, there is the supernatural. There is the supernatural. Let me tell you something. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. It's the anointing. It's the anointing. It's the anointing. That's what makes the difference. Praise God. And the Spirit of God wants to help us. Wants to enable us. Wants to empower us. Why? So that we can be witnesses. So that we can go out. We can take our place. Listen. Each of us. There is a place God wants us to feel in the body. There is a work God wants for each of us. Now, is every single one of us called to the fivefold? No. Some are. Amen. The Bible didn't even say many. He said some. God had said some in the church. Then he lists what the some are. First apostles, secondly prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles. So it's some that will be called to ministry, fivefold ministry offices. Yes, there are those of us who will be called to helps. Some of us would. Amen. But you see, every single believer has been given the ministry of reconciliation. What is the essence of being filled with the Holy Ghost? What is the essence of the Holy Ghost being upon us? It's an endowment with power for service. What did God tell you to do? There are some of you, I, kick, I feel like kicking you in the butt. Yes. You've, got, you've gone to this Bible school, gone to that Bible school, gone to the other Bible school. You have this note, you have that note, you have the other note, you have all kinds of notes. You can preach Brother Hagin perhaps better than Brother Hagin. But what are you doing with that knowledge? Go do something. Go do what God called you to do. Amen. You see, in Rhema, we are strong about that spirit of faith. It's not knowledge for knowledge's sake. It's knowledge so that I can do something. So that I can be effective. So that I can go out and do what God told me to do. Now, am I saying being in a hurry? No, I'm not. But I'm saying stop doing nothing. Start doing something. Start doing something. Start doing something. Hey, I don't know exactly what God told me to do. Well, witness to the lost. Lay hands on the sick. God won't get mad at you for doing that. Just do something. Get busy for God. Get involved in your local church. Be an asset to your pastor. But do something. Do something. Do something. Find your place. 
Now, obviously, it takes time for ministry gifts to evolve. It takes time for ministry gifts to develop. Yes, it's going to take time. You're going to need some spiritual growth under your belt. You're going to need some maturity under your belt. No doubt. Are you listening? But at least be doing something. You see, spiritual things appreciate in value with use. If you use it, it starts getting better. You don't use it, you start getting rusty. So get busy. Stir up the gift of God that is in you. Yeah, we're going to get drunk tonight. Yeah, we're going to get refilled tonight. Yeah, we're going to jump and shout and run and turn this whole place upside down. The good thing is there's a, there's a lot of space. There's some space. There's running space and jumping space and dancing space. And that's great. But you see, don't just dance and jump and shout. And then you just go out and you do nothing with it. No, there's a purpose for the power. And the purpose of the power is that we be witnesses. Is that we be witnesses. Is that we be witnesses. Amen. You see, the psalmist said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Every now and then, we need fresh oil of the Holy Ghost. We need a fresh refilling in the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost afresh. And you know, the Holy Ghost is called the oil of joy. The oil of gladness. And the gospel is called the good news. It's not the bad news. Why is it the gospel? It's good news. What happens when you hear good news? You get full of joy. Amen. You see, there is a joy that's in the Holy Ghost. Romans 14, 17, it says, The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It says, But righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, Brother Higgins said the Spirit of God emphasized to him. Now, there are different uh, demonstrations. You see, there are manifestations of the Holy Ghost. There are nine of them. But there are also demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. Physical demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. And they are somewhat different from those manifestations. I'll give an example. One time, Mary Woodward Eta was preaching. And then she just stood dead still. Like a statue for 72 hours. In the middle of a sentence. Three days after, she continued the sentence where she left off. What was that? It was a demonstration. There was one lady. For 8 hours, 40 minutes. A schoolgirl. The power of God came on her and she just stood still in one of Brother Hagin's meetings. Eight hours, 40 minutes. She didn't sleep all through the night. She just stood like a statue. The next day, she was refreshed. What was that? It was a demonstration, a physical demonstration. There was one time he was um, in the meeting. There was a lady. He sensed the Spirit of God moving on her. So he told her, yield to the Holy Ghost. Then the lady came up began to exhort sinners to get saved. Her eyes were shut. So when a sinner will respond, she will begin to dance, a, a jig for joy, without music, not those our kangaroo hops, you know? And then she'll dance. And then that person will come to the altar. And then she'll continue to exhort. She did that, her eyes were shut. So how did she know somebody was responding? By the Holy Ghost. When every single sinner in the place had come forward, she started dancing until she danced off the platform and danced in mid-air. Nothing underneath her feet. Danced in mid-air. What was that? It was a demonstration. See, the Holy Ghost will do some things as demonstrations. Are you listening? Remember one time, this was December of 92, I went to preach somewhere. I got so lost in the spirit, I couldn't speak English for like eight hours. I couldn't. If I tried to say something, I could think in English, but I couldn't say anything in English. In the meeting, I got tongue-tied. Now, this is what I discovered. 
if I'm preaching or doing something in a meeting and God wants to get me to change the direction or maybe I'm going in the wrong direction, I just get tongue-tied. Yeah, I just get tongue-tied. Well, he's telling me to shut up when that happens. So I'm going in the wrong direction. You see, sometimes God will do some things as a sign. You read in Ezekiel where the Bible says that his tongue clave to the roof of his mouth. And he was like that, struck speechless until the next day. You remember Saul of Tarsus? When the Holy Ghost came on him, you remember, you know, he had that encounter with Jesus. And then, he, he, the Bible says when he opened his eyes, he saw no man. Which meant it was a spiritual vision. His physical eyes were shut, then he saw the Lord. But when he opened his eyes, he couldn't see. Why? The glory of God came on him. He needed an Ananias. Was he blind with blindness? No, he was not. It was God's glory that came on him. Until Ananias laid hands on him, he couldn't see. Sometimes the Holy Ghost could manifest in some ways like that. Remember the deputy. You know? That Lamas the sorcerer was trying to turn from the faith. And Saul looked at him. He said, oh thou full of all subtlety and mischief. That child of the devil. Now, that wasn't something Paul initiated. It was something the Holy Ghost initiated. Because the Bible says Saul, who is also called Paul, full of the Holy Ghost. Are you listening? The Holy Ghost inspired him. So he said that. And then he said, may the hand of the Lord come on you. And may you not see the sun for his season. Now what was that? It was a sign. Was Elimas blind with blindness? No. It was God's glory. Why does God do things like that? Sometimes just as a sign. When the deputy saw what happened, amen, he turned to the Lord. Do you see that? So there are physical demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. Physical demonstrations. Brother Hagin talked about when people first started falling under the power in his meetings. Unknown to him, his wife did not believe in it. He didn't know. So he was in this pastor's parsonage, and then they were praying together, and the Lord told him, go touch your uh, wife in the forehead with your finger. He touched her. She hit the floor like you hit her with something, with a baseball bat. Wow! She hit the floor. He was shocked. Then the Lord told him, go touch the pastor's wife. She too did not believe in it. He touched her. She hit the floor also like somebody knocked her with a bat. Then the Lord told him to go and tell both of them to try to stand up. They couldn't stand up. They were glued to the floor. <laughs> then the Lord told him to go and ask them, do they acknowledge that this is God? <laughs> they said they acknowledge. Then the Lord told him, touch both of them in the forehead again. He touched them. They were released. You see, what are those things? Sometimes just as a sign. And there are physical demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. You know, the Bible talks about how the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he outran the king's chariot. So people wonder why we sometimes run. Well, the hand of God comes on us too. The Holy Ghost can come on someone and he runs. It's okay. Praise God. But you see, Brother Hagin said the Lord particularly emphasized to him about those Holy Ghost meetings on joy. Joy. Rejoicing. Listen to me. There is a joy that's in the Holy Ghost. 1 Peter 1.8 The Bible says, Whom having not seen, ye love. In whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. If that joy is unspeakable, there's bound to be a way to express it. And how do we express it? That's why we sometimes laugh. That's why we sometimes dance. That's why we sometimes run. We're just rejoicing. You know, World Cup is being played now. 
You know? And um, if Nigeria, if we had won our match, that first match, you know what would have happened? You know, some people might have broken their TVs, you know, for joy. You see people get excited over someone scoring a goal. Now, if you can get excited over a, wind, uh, a bag of wind, I can get excited about the things of God. Amen. There is a joy that's in the Holy Ghost. There is a joy that's in the Holy Ghost. And it's thoroughly scriptural. It's thoroughly scriptural. There is a dance in the spirit. You see, Psalm 149 verse 3 says, Praise the Lord in the dance. Psalm 150 verse 4, the same thing. Let us praise him in the dance. So we can praise God in the dance. Then we read how David danced before the Lord with all of his might. Now, David didn't have any other thing to do. Was it okay for David to dance before the Lord? Sure. Was it okay for David to dance with all of his might? What else would he have done? It was okay. But it's not okay for me to do that. Why? Because I'm not in the flesh. I'm in the spirit. David was not born again. David was in the flesh. Are you listening? I know I may be upending your theology. It's okay. I know some of you may be saying, no, what, what are you saying? What are you saying? This is our culture. Yeah, the Bible says the culture of the people is vain. You know. <laughs> you see, in the New Testament, the emphasis for worship is for all praise and worship to be done in the spirit. Is there a place to komole? Ah, maybe you're doing your wedding, your wedding reception, and you want to be, that's okay. That's okay. You're, you're doing a reception, you know, maybe you're, you're turning the back of your father's 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 father that died some years back, and you want to turn the back of the dead, and you want to do, you know, you go to go, ka 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 You know, that's okay. Yeah, after all, the Bible says bodily exercise profits a little. Amen. It's some bodily exercise. It profits something. But listen, don't call that the worship of God. Don't call that the worship of God because it's not. It's in the flesh. There is a dance in the spirit. There is a worship in the spirit. I'll just as soon dance without the anointing as smoke a stick of cigarette. Because they are both in the flesh. I know that's hard. Amen. But you see, some people, some, somebody ought to be saying it. Brother Higgin taught this thing, folks got mad, you know? And then, you know, we just have trouble with it. But if folks are going to have trouble with it, let them have trouble with it. The truth is the truth. Praise God. And there's something about contending for the supernatural. Something about contending for those things. You see, when we have told the Holy Ghost that we don't need him, we don't need his anointing, we can dance by ourselves, then he won't anoint us to do it. You see, we shouldn't be going to the world to learn, to learn dance. The world should be coming to the church to learn dance. I'm telling you. Because there are creative dances that they have not seen. That they have not seen. And the Holy Ghost can anoint us for it. Amen. Somebody says, what about that laughing business? You see, the Bible says in Psalm 126 and verse 1, that when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, says we were like them that dream. says then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. says then said they among the heathen, the Lord had done great things for them. The Lord had done great things for us whereof we're glad. Are you listening to me? Amen. Now, is this scriptural for somebody to lead us in singing? Yes. It's also scriptural for somebody to lead us in laughing. 
Yeah, it's just a scriptural. Just a scriptural. You say, but I've never done that before. Yeah, there's always the first time. Say, how do I do it? Well, listen. When the anointing is present and the Holy Ghost is leading in that direction, you can yield to him by faith. How? You start in the flesh and you wind in the spirit. See, Brother Higgins was a very conservative man. Very conservative. He saw moves of God over the years, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. You know what he said in the mid-40s? You know, he had seen people get all blessed dancing in the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you something. There's a blessing you get dancing in the Holy Ghost you can't get any other way. There's a blessing you get laughing in the Holy Ghost you can't get any other way. So he saw those things. And then he just wished, ha, ah, if I ever do this, it will, be, it will be God. Because he was very conservative. But the truth is, it won't be God, it will be him. You know? Then one day he got to thinking. He just got to thinking. Well, some of these folks are getting so blessed. I may just as well get in on it and get blessed too. So he just jumped. You know? He said by the time his feet hit the floor, it was in the spirit. He said he danced so hard, his suit tore. <laughs> Ripped apart. Whoa! Glory to God. Amen. I've seen people get healed that way. The Bible calls it joy unspeakable, full of glory. Full of glory. Full of glory. What's that glory? Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, there's a blessing that comes from rejoicing. And you see, the Bible instructs us to rejoice. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. So we actually told in scripture to rejoice. Amen. In Luke chapter 10, if you read from verse 18 through to 21, you'll see how the Bible says in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit. That word rejoice is the word agalio. It means to take an upward forward movement. He danced. By the time you take an upward, forward, what's that? You're dancing. Amen. The Holy Ghost inspired him. Amen. And there's a blessing that comes from it. You see, when we believe God, if you really believe God, you will act. Are you listening to me? There's a place of I'm believing God for a healing. I'm believing God for some money. I'm believing God for a breakthrough. But there's also the place of I believe God. I believe what the Bible says about him. I believe he's good. I believe he's love. I believe he's word. I believe he has redeemed me. I believe that I have an actual redemption from the devil's dominion. And because I believe that, I can rejoice. You see, if you can't rejoice about your redemption, you don't have anything to rejoice about. Do you know that the Lord has actually turned our captivity around? He's actually done it. it says, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, he has... He has, he has, he has, he has, he has, he has, he has. Glory to God. 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 Who's the person with the bladder infection? Who's the person with the bladder infection? Amen. The person with the bladder infection. Amen. Just wave your hand if you're the one. Person with the bladder infection. Who are you? 
All right. Amen. You are healed in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. 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 What are you believing God for tonight? What are you trusting him for? What are you trusting him for? What are you standing in faith about? Let me ask you something. What would you do if you had it? Glory! 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 Glory to God! 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 You know, a merry heart do it good like medicine. Oh, glory to God. 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 We are the circumcision that worship God in the spirit. We rejoice in Christ Jesus. We rejoice in Christ Jesus. We rejoice in Christ Jesus. And we have no confidence in the flesh. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know the Bible says count it all joy. Count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations. Amen. You're going through a test. You're going through a trial. What about thanking God for the test? Thanking God for the trial. Thanking God for the victory. For the victory. Glory to God. 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 If you want to run, run. If you want to jump, jump. If you want to shout, shout. If you want to dance, dance. Whoa, glory. Glory, 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 glory. Glory to God. 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 You see, the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, that's our strength. That's our strength. You want some renewal of your strength. You want some renewal of your strength. Well, then rejoice. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, there is something about praising God. There is something about worshiping God that puts a stop on the devil. Oh, glory. 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 
Glory to God. 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 See, the Lord will have me tell you that it's now. 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 What he spoke to you about. It's now. 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 Yes, things that it seemed you lost. It's all coming back. 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 And it's now. It's now. It's now. Glory to God. 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 Mambra Fovora Pegavatile. Osonombai. 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 Yep. 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 Glory to God. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. Yes, there's something new. Yes, that's something different. Yes, it's of me, saith the Lord. And so don't doubt. Don't doubt. Just jump in. 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 Yes, yes, yes. It'll work. It'll work. It'll prosper. It'll prosper because it's of God. Praise His holy name. Praise His holy name. Praise His holy name. Glory to God. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 <laughs> oh, glory, 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 glory to God. I say, why are they jumping? Why are they shouting? See, Jesus redeemed me. That's something to jump about. Wow! Glory, 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 glory. The blood bought me. The blood bought me. The blood bought me. The blood ransomed me. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mamra Thosoho, Venemangalaha, Vegalelusuhu, Velelelusuhu. Yeah, what the devil meant for harm. What the devil meant for harm. It'll turn around. 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 Yeah. 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 And there'll be a mighty supply. A supply of the spirit, a supply of the help you need, a supply of financial resources. 
what the devil meant for harm what the devil meant for harm you see it will be said that if the princes of this world had known they would have crucified the lord of glory it'll turn around 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 what seems to be a heavy blow it'll turn around it'll turn around and there'll be restoration there too glory to god thank you jesus thank you jesus glory to god glory to god glory to god praise his holy name 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 glory to god 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 thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord i keep hearing this name is there someone here who is adekemi is there someone who is adekemi who is here i don't know what it's about but i keep hearing that name on the inside of me who anyone who bears that name right here amen adekemi is there somebody who bears that name amen praise god i keep hearing that name amen if your name is adekemi let me see your hand all right praise god glory to god Glory to God. Wow! Glory! 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. He's a good 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 God. There's someone over there on that section right there. It was your uncle. Your uncle let you down and he let you down badly badly 
You put your hopes in, it, in the promises that he made. He told you, I'll do this, I'll do that, and I'll put this together. Then he turned around and he denied the very things he said. And he's not living up to what he promised. And he now looks like, oh, do I have a future at all? Amen. Who are you? Praise God. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? All right, listen, let me tell you what the Lord will have me tell you. You see, he's your source and he's your supply. Forget about what your uncle did or what your uncle didn't do. And just praise God all the same. See, the Bible says, Cursed is the man that maketh flesh his arm. And the Bible says the arm of flesh will fail. See, God is our source. Yes, men may be channels. God may use channels, but he's our source. He's our source. He's our source. And refuse to get bitter towards that man. Refuse to get bitter towards him. Yes, he let you down. Yes, he did you wrong. And so, what about it? What about it? Praise God. Just love him and let it go. Praise God. And walk on with God. Amen. And look away from men. And look to him. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, there are folks, it's like you've lost, you know, your fire, your edge about, about the things of God's spirit. You've just lost your edge. You used to be on fire. You used to give yourself to prayer. You used to give yourself to the things of God, to worshiping him. But you've just gone cold. You know, life has happened and life is happening. And you've just gone cold about the things of God's spirit. You've just gone cold. Yes, it's not like you're living in sin, in open sin as it were. But you're not where you used to be spiritually. Amen. Every head bowed and eye closed. If that's you, let me see your hand. Now, you know what you need? You need a fresh anointing. You need a fresh fire. Amen. And now, you know what we're all going to do? We're going to help you. How are we going to help you? All of us, let's do this together, every single one of us. Let's lift up our hands toward heaven. And let's say this, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the fire of God. I stir myself up. I stir myself up. I stir myself up. I'm going to be on fire. I'm going to be on the cutting edge. I stir myself up. 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 Thank you for joy. Thank you for rejoicing. Thank you for fresh oil. Thank you for a fresh refilling. I drink of the Holy Ghost afresh now in Jesus' name. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise his holy name. Praise his holy name. Praise his holy name. Glory to God. 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 There's a growth. There's a growth that's been dissolved now. There's a growth that's been dissolved now. It's been dissolved now. It's been dissolved now. It's been dissolved now. That growth is being dissolved. Glory to God. 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 There's someone you're in a court case. 
you're in a court case the truth is you did wrong that's what happened you actually were wrong you did wrong yeah you know you're on the wrong concerning that case well it wasn't absolutely your fault and you didn't mean to 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 do stuff that wasn't right but the way things went and now it's turned into a bad case a court case amen let me tell you something that case is going to be squashed it's going to be squashed god will give you favor amen and no weapon formed against you will prosper every tongue that rises against you in judgment you condemn glory to god so stop worrying about it stop worrying about it stop fretting about it and why don't you stop praising god glory to 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 god praise the lord praise the lord glory to god 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 i saw you running I saw you running. I saw you running. Whoa! Glory! 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 Glory to God! Glory to God! Well, you want to join him? Join him! Glory to God! 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 In His presence, there's fullness of joy. There's fullness of joy. There's fullness of joy. There's fullness of joy. Burdens are lifted. Yokes are destroyed by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Who's the person who you haven't been able to sleep? You haven't been able to sleep well for a few weeks now. Who are you? You haven't been able to sleep well for a few weeks. Not that you don't want to sleep. You just can't sleep because of some pressures. Come forward. Come forward. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. 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 See, the Bible says the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. I'll lay hands on you. Amen. The power of God will come on you. It'll destroy that yoke. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You will sleep. You will sleep. You will sleep in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name. In the name. The name of Jesus. 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 In the name. 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 
in the name, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. As they lay hands on you, the power of God will come on you. Glory to God. Glory to God. That I see. There is power in your name. 